following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? This is Media Mash, a roundtable of Cowboys insiders dropping wisdom and offering sizzling takes on the current state of your Dallas Cowboys. Now your host, Steve Dennis. Hot diggity diggity dog. Welcome to Media Mash on this Wednesday, October 13th, live from the SWBC (laughs) studio. I am Steve Dennis. So excited that you have joined us. So excited, like everybody else. Four wins in a row for the Dallas Cowboys and hot diggity dog. That's the new phrase, I think, Yeah. for the level of excitement happening around here. It's an old phrase. Uh, you guys are way too young for that. It's back in the 50s, 60s. You Maybe you saw it on Laugh-In. Or... No, that's the perfect age for me. As oh. a new dad, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, that's how they ended every week. They'll throw the hot diggity dog song. Yeah. yeah. Every sure, Chris knows. I know. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah, there, there so I'm familiar. I'm, I'm the elder millennial here, and that's even going over my head. <laughs> I'm lost. One day. One day. <laughs> Michelle does, like, is it on social media? Because I'm I can't right find now. it. Is it trending on Twitter? No. <laughs> nope. Because if it's not, he I'll doesn't know about it. to it. you, Jane. Kids love it, Chris. I, um... I'd always loved the phrase. It was big on Happy Days in the seventies. Okay, by now, the way. now it's over my head. Because it was fifties praise. But but what does hat, hot diggity dog mean to us? I I was amazed. And by the way, joined by Rob Phillips of Dallas Cowboys Media on this Wednesday for Media Mash. Slater Jane, or you know her as Jane Slater, uh, from the NFL Network and other things, podcast and whatnot, joins us this Wednesday. That's John Mashota. What up, what up? Back again from The Athletic. Happy he's here. Uh, it was amazing to me. The Cowboys always put out a little video that goes on Twitter, the sounds of the game or whatever, sounds of the sidelines. And Trayvon Diggs has actually become an absolute sideshow to the game. I mean, the players, if you guys, have you seen it? Oh, yeah. The, the whole game, they're on the edge of their seat waiting for Diggs to get a shot at interception. And he had a couple. Actually dropped one, the first one. Um, and then caught it out of bounds. And then he did it. I mean, they're all just it – is, it is an energy that I don't believe has been around here. And I'll tell you where I saw it last, a couple of times in my time here. Uh, but it's an incredible en- energy, is it not? Is it something that is lifting the team beside – just being a real fun sideshow? Oh, no. It's it's legit. I even, to a certain extent, even though we're in a press box that is behind glass, I feel like his interceptions, as they have gone along these last few weeks, the crowd is just, it gets even louder. It's bigger than just another takeaway. And then even after the game, we didn't get him for very long. I mean, it was probably only like about a minute. But as Jerry was walking from the Cowboys locker room back up to where he was going to go back up to his suite, we got him for about a minute, and that was one of the first things he said, Steve, was about how there's just something different about it, and, it, and, it, and it's bigger than just any another takeaway, that it does have an uplifting feel for the rest of the team. And so I, I get that sense on the outside, but to your point, when you see that video and the guys are constantly talking about it, like he says he's going to get one, he's going to get one, and then when he doesn't, they're talking about that too. It's, it's bigger than just any other player getting a takeaway right now. Or Vander Esch saying like, if they want to keep trying, fine. Like I, I think, yeah, teammates are having fun with it. Like, go ahead, sir. Yeah, keep trying him because I mean, I, Dak said it. Like I've learned in practice 
don't test him on certain routes. And I think quarterbacks around the league are still are still figuring that out. It's the loudest that I've heard AT&T Stadium lately. Now, look, full admission, I was at ACL Festival this weekend, rewatched the game when I got back. But the games that I have been there this year, rightfully so, this group for a long time was the wine and cheese crowd. And a lot of that was the product on the football field. But when you talk about in your time covering the team, when what does this remind you of? It reminds me of 2016. You know, the way that everybody was sort of in the trenches together. They had, you know, the big adversity of losing Tony Romo, Kellen Moore, uh, and just feeling like there was a changing of the guard. And while Randy didn't say it today, and I don't want to put words in his mouth, I'm just reading between the lines, and I'm curious if you guys picked up on this too. I asked him just, even on the defensive side of the ball, like why the quick change? Like Because it's been so dramatic. And he alluded to having the right people from the coaching staff to to the personnel. And I, I think that there were not bad actors in there, but bad attitudes for a while. And I think this group is really putting in the work, not only on the football field, but away from practice. The guys are feeding off that. We even heard about it in the offseason when they were up here working out together and how Dak pushed even guys like Tyron and Lyle Collins to come back. And so they're all pushers this year. They're pushing each other towards something great. And it's it's nice to cover this team again when you're getting that sense. And I think it was Bobby Belt, uh, my producer on NFL Network, he said he saw a video of these guys because we haven't been in the locker room this year of them playing the laundry basketball, which is so dumb. But that was, I say so dumb to use that as a reference because that's when those guys were having fun back in 2016. And it hasn't been fun around here in a while. I think 2016 is a great comparison because it's it's also how young Diggs yes. is. It's the youthful energy that Dak and Zeke brought. It just made it it made it fun for us to cover that team because well, it was, think when Zeke would would leap over defenders. You know, remember how many times it was like how many times can he leap over guys? I felt like those sort of plays sparked the crowd as much as. Trayvon Diggs is doing it this year. Yeah, he was jumping into Salvation Army buckets and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And I I think the other one would be 2018 when they got Amari here. Mm. That re-energized the team, and that was kind of the missing link that year. But to have a player that is this dominant right now defensively, at a key position, it just uplifts everybody, I think. I I would go back a little further, even. Um, Because I think 2016 was a little different because nobody had any idea. It was a scary year when Tony went down Mm -hmm. in that first preseason game. And everybody's going, oh my gosh. And now you got two rookies that nobody had any idea what they, well, we had a pretty good idea what Zeke would be. but um, And that thing... Uh, but but the one. But like did we the, really know what Micah Parsons was going to be? Did we know how good Dak was going to be coming back? Did we know that Dan Quinn was right. going to have this sort of effect? True. On the defense, oh. did we know that they were going to get so close to getting a win on the road over Tampa, getting a win against the Chargers? Those are the things that have really stood out to me this year about this team. It's just how quickly this thing has turned. Well, not only that, but the fact of if this continues to roll like it's rolling right now, I think we're going to look back to the beginning of the season that when all that's going on, you're also losing Lyle to a suspension. Demarcus Lawrence is breaking his foot. Multiple key players are going on the COVID list, and it was at that one period for like two weeks, it was like, what's going to happen next? I think we end up looking back on that as that might have been kind of a galvanizing thing that they were like, well, we can overcome this then we're good to go because other people kept stepping up where in years past that necessarily didn't happen. The other thing is, too, to your point, Jane, about questions, like we didn't know Diggs was anywhere close to this. He was going to be this good this early. And would he be the best corner in the league? 
At he this sh- point, yeah, he showed we? spots last year, but remember yeah. we, we were kind of talking. It was uh, sort of baptism by fire, like they had to put him out there, and he was getting exposed at times. But I think the thing that stands out for me, and I don't want to interrupt you, Rob, is these guys want to get better, and they're doing the little things. I mean, even Zeke. My favorite quote from him today was talking about the focus, not just on the mental, but on his body mm-hmm. to make for his show last year like they're just so honest about last year sucked and maybe we all looked in the mirror and was like yeah some of this was coaching some of it was covid but maybe we aren't doing the little things to ensure success and i think it's the attention to the little things this year you know when you're getting close to greatness and you're people are like we're just cleaning up the little things that to me is what stands out randy's talking about that too how his pursuit of i need to be more consistent and do this better and this is a guy who hadn't played a ton of football, you know, but is having a major impact. But there's still, he feels like there's still a level that he can get to. Uh, my two examples, uh, if, if you'll allow me, um, because, you know, everybody knew Dak. If Dak was a huge story coming into this year, his health, is he going to come back? Uh, I think, you know, the, the, the two that strike me that sort of came out of nowhere. Uh, was Romo in 06 when he replaces Bledsoe as the starter. And he just electrified the city. I mean, he that game they lost. He then won the next game, his first as a starter, then lost again, but then ripped off four straight wins. And just doing it in electrifying fashion. And it's, it, you know, the, the the joke that's flying around, or not a joke to Jerry, I guess, uh, but the fact that they can't get seven jerseys in the pro shop <laughs> because this happens so quick and everybody wants one. Same thing in 06. Because Romo's jersey, nobody even thought to make nine jerseys before the season. Um, and he just lit it up. And real quick, the second one was Miles Austin. Oh, nine. In 2009. Yeah. Because, you know, 2008 was the big collapse year when they were really good. And they started 6-2 and two or 4-1 and one or something like that in 08 and then collapsed at the end of the year. 09, Miles Austin comes out of nowhere. Uh, you know, everybody, well, Ed Werder, bl- blames the 08 season <laughs> on Terrell Owens. Uh, but it was much deeper than that. Uh, Romo had a pretty heavy hand in it. Uh, but he was gone, and now here's 9 And how are you going to replace that kind of electrifying player in that day in Kansas City where Miles Austin goes for 250 out of nowhere? And then he rips off 145, 139, 147, 120, five games in a row. Got him a great contract. Didn't hear much from him since, but... But uh, in all those cases, though, and with Trayvon Diggs right now, maybe this is just because I'm not originally from Dallas. I believe the Cowboys add a little lighter fluid to that, because if Trayvon Diggs is picking off six passes in the first five games for the Bengals, for the Cleveland Browns, like even if they're rolling, like you're going to hear about it a little bit. But it's like I feel like there's even more momentum when you start doing stuff like that for the Cowboys, whether it was Romo or Miles Austin. And then it is the 16 team with Dak and Zeke and how it builds momentum. I just think it's on a bigger scale. It's bigger than just in Dallas. It's everywhere. But it's also the receivers he's picking off. I mean, they haven't played the lightest schedule and they've played some of the best. That's what... I don't want to buy in, much like I don't ever want to buy into my Longhorns, because I always feel like you get too high on the hog, and then <laughs> you it, brought it up. Something, al- yeah, something always comes up. But what stands out to me, even as you guys bring up some of these examples, 
is how selfless this team is. We kind of see it covering it, but to hear all the guys talk about it. And if you'll remember, when it, when some of these guys in years past would get a little bit of accolade or spotlight, it's like the, the, the jealous monster would start going through the locker room, right? And I used to hear stories about certain players would Google themselves in between practices. You know, they, they loved the celebrity of it. These guys... I don't get the sense with some of these guys that some they're do. Kelvin Joseph, who we haven't seen yet. Who yeah. Mashota? Who who Googles themselves? Mm. Oh, I mean, and, you know, look, Micah, the Micah, Micah Parsons. Well, I was going to say sure, Micah, to Par- that, Micah Parsons is out there, but at least yeah. he's backing up the play. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But I feel like all right. These show guys, of hands. Who in here has Googled themselves? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. See, yeah. see. But, <laughs> but my but my point is, these guys feel confident, not cocky to me. And from day one, Dak has never played favorites with guys in the locker room. I mean, I think it's very evident him and Zeke's relationship, but it's an inclusive relationship of others. And I think that's what stands out to me about this group. And even last year with that defense. The thing that I kept hearing was how divided it was from like the free agents and Jim Tom Sula and Nolan's guys and the other guys. These all feel like whether they're Dan Quinn's guys or they were originally drafted here guys, they've all bought in together. And I think that's the difference maker this well, year. Well, they're being forced to bought in or buy in. They're being forced. How because, so? Because, Competition? Yeah, because they're getting young guys like Osa Digizua, who's stepping up and playing well. Micah Parsons stepping up playing well. Trayvon Diggs stepping up and playing well. These are all first and second year guys. It's kind of like... To anybody else, if if you don't want to get on the train, well, I agree it's going to keep moving. I agree so with that. there's enough guys that Dan Quinn has brought in, and then there's enough young guys that I think Dan Quinn has also helped put in the right situations. That's built so much so much momentum that if you want to be a me guy or or you want to be upset because someone else is getting the spotlight, the train's going to pass you by. So if you want to be on, get on now. But these are selfless coaches too, right? Because last year we kept hearing how these guys tried to force scheme, force guys mm-hmm. to play out of position when something didn't work kept forcing it this group tells you without you even prompting them what i love about dan quinn is that if something's not work working we throw it out it feels very collaborative this year and my favorite was randy gregory today talking about jane's got notes yeah he was it's not so much <laughs> she's knowing, a tv reporter it's we not so much notes. knowing the place but it's understanding the why and I think what frustrated guys last year was they never understood the why. All right, now hold that thought because you're you're getting heavy into where we're going next segment. Hmm. Uh, about Look at me kind, being selfish, kind not of, selfless and yeah. stealing your time. Put a bookmark in that. C- kind that of the collection right idea of, of all the good that's happening right now. Oh, hey, finally my headphones may be working. Uh, maybe not. Um, but staying with Diggs real quick, and then we're going to break early so I can get my headphones fixed and make sure my pinky's not bleeding anymore, um, which we won't explain. Play through the intro, but man. Diggs is chasing Tom Landry. I saw that. He's chasing Tom Landry. <laughs> He's got five games in a row to start a season with an interception, uh, which is tied for the Cowboys record. Don Bishop. Never heard that name before. Steve, before you go any further... I would just love to watch these interceptions that Tom Landry had <laughs> and run those videos right next to Trayvon Diggs' interceptions. Like I always say, the best thing for Wilt Chamberlain's 100 points in, in one game is that there's no video of Dallas it. Dallas Cowboys well, right Okay, back. it was, it was 1951. I, I don't think 1951. Any, I'd love to see these I, passes. I don't think any off. of us need to make fun of 1951. Uh, but, but by the way, two <laughs> others hold the record. Barry Wilburn, never heard of him, 1987, and Brian Russell of Minnesota in 2003. 
Which I, I don't, don't remember. Don't that. remember <laughs> him. Uh, but but they have done it. Six interceptions in six games to start a season. I think it's neat that Diggs is going after Landry. That's all. That, <laughs> no, that's cool, man. That that is quite a stat. But I what I love about Diggs is he just and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm you know I'm not being cynical enough as a journalist. But I get the sense that it's just that stuff doesn't matter to him so much as just being really good at his craft. You know, wanting to live up to promises he made to his brother and his dad and, you know, even to his son. I think that's what stands out about me is he is such a likable person. The way the way he's unlike some other shutdown corners in the league who jaw a lot and care about the accolades and the he just goes to work and puts on his hard hat. I, Sean I mean, Lee esque that way the, the in his vi- approach. The vision we got from from Hard Knocks of him and Aiden uh, was the best thing about Hard Knocks, right? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't very good. Let's be honest. That's yeah. terrible. Thing may have jumped the shark. They need to consider that. Well, but they're adding an NC version. But <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But uh, th- th- those moments with Aiden was just gold. I mean, that kid is America's favorite kid. I think that's why the nation may be a little caught up in digs. Sure. I think that most of the nation is talking about Dak and Zeke and Micah. And, man, how good is Dak? Zeke is back. And, and Diggs is an afterthought a bit. I think the energy may be a little higher in the Metroplex in North well, Texas than the nation about Diggs. But I could be wrong. I, I think John's right. I think that it, it creates a national buzz because this – this franchise has so much history, and when Dak has a big game, people have visions of number eight. When it's when it's Zeke going off, they have visions of twenty-two, and people were having visions of Dion doing Dion stuff back in the day. I mean, that's what it's reminding people of. And when he's wearing that jersey, doing that, yeah, you flash back to ninety-five when Dion was doing all that kind of stuff here. That's you, what people. You know, what I kind of love too, Rob. Yeah. And this is kind of funny to me is that. You know, post game at the podium, it's generally like it's always going to be Mike McCarthy and then Dak, and then it's like one other star player. Literally every single week, the other player's been Trayvon Diggs, and you just think about you're just like, how often is it? Wasn't a it Micah every to week. begin with though? Did, did he usurp Micah you know, somewhere what, along the way? But I think what think. stands out about Diggs is how transparent and vulnerable he is with information. You know, sharing that he cried to his brother when Nick Saban asked him to switch positions. Very odd comment, actually. And when (laughs) all I said to him the week before he even went into the press conference room, I said, so what does daddy say to Aiden when he gets home? And then he offered up the story. Well, Aiden actually wanted me to get a pick six. And you don't typically get that from guys. And so when he shares those stories with you and you typically don't get that from guys as they start getting longer in the tooth in the league. They're, you know, very one-word answers. He shares with you. And I think that's – I always tell girlfriends, and this is not to talk down to our female uh, listeners, for my friends are like, I just don't get football. Or I hate when my husband or boyfriend or significant other wants to watch football. And I'm like, you need to tap into the stories, the guys underneath the helmet. That's why you watch, you know, these 30 for 30s and – um you know, these real sports specials because you understand who these guys are behind the helmets and you start to cheer for them. Or play fantasy football like my wife did. Now she's that, a fanatic. Well, but, but she d- throws things across the living room. Dak's a great example of that. Exactly. Because everybody, people love Dak. People can relate to so much that's happened in Dak's life. He's very vulnerable. You know, and, and that's another example of how candid he was after the game saying, like, I, it was in my head a little yeah. bit, the anniversary of the injury, which you're right. Like, Guys aren't always that forthcoming and that vulnerable to the media. You yeah, know, they don't. They don't want to be. Especially that way. And I'll blame the game. Talking about the cart coming out and all that. Oh and, yeah, yeah. And we should talk about this 
on a later show, but I think a lot of that has to do with the mental conditioning that they go through these days. On Friday, and yep. what's his name? Cody... Cody, Chad. Chad. Jory has been doing yeah. a great job with that at USA Today, writing up all that stuff. Yeah, Chad I mean, it, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it's a new thing, I think, in in professional sports, but very necessary. Well, all right, let's take a break here. Uh, I forgot to introduce Chris Beam, our fabulous producer, uh, at the beginning of the show. Uh, rookie, do me a favor and come save me from my headphones as we take this break. Uh, when we come back, Amari Cooper has gone there, the one place you do not go. When the Dallas Cowboys get off to a hot start, fans know it. The media knows it. I don't know it. Big time player (laughs) doesn't know it. Let's talk about that. Mash it up next. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. There's nothing as unique as our eyes. Which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision. Essential Blue for protection. And Grisol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Back to Media Mash. Sometimes, sometimes you got to fight through adversity. The Cowboys have done a pretty good job of that uh, whenever it has come up so far in the 2021 season. Headphones are back. I can hear you guys now. That was, I'm sure you guys were great that segment, but I could barely hear you. And I think the bleeding has finally stopped on my pinky. I came in here and cleaned up for Mashoda and Rob. I want you guys to have a nice studio and just appreciate it. Now there's blood everywhere. He's the guy that just literally pulls himself out of the game every time he gets a ding. I, well, I, no, I, I stayed in the game. I, you know, I almost passed out because of how much blood I've lost. I think it stopped. Yeah, Zeke landed on a on a pylon this weekend and is going to be in a hot tub until he gets to New England like a prune. He's playing hurt. Right. You, you know what? But, Let's but, talk about some drama with Zeke, though, now. He was in some pain. Yeah. And then, what, 30, 30 seconds later, he's back on the field and high-stepping into the end yeah. zone. Well, that's because well, uh, he's fought that, through it. You're that's over good here, drama. You're over here in the blue medical tent getting I, your bandage. When I take this Band-Aid <laughs> off, I hope the tip to my pinky is there. 
That's really all I hope. But anyway, all right, let's move on to topic Proof number that two. Men can't get yeah, sick I mean, or injured. Rob ran upstairs <laughs> to get a band aid for me, and then and then you I showed mean, up, and you had a whole box of them. I've never seen a paper cut cause so much commotion. It's, it's not man. a paper cut. <laughs> it's the line of this in the studio right here. Be careful Imagine when you if wipe had this. To give birth to his child. This is really <laughs> sharp right here. I'm glad it was my pink. See, I got to play in a golf tournament this weekend. That's oh, what he actually no. cares about, folks. Yeah, that's that's going to be a problem. Nice, just do the, the elicit the baseball grip that I do. Works just fine, Steve. <laughs> uh, all right, let's hear this. Let's all hear this. Uh, everybody loves Amari Cooper around here, uh, I think. Uh, very cerebral player. Uh, he's very careful with his thoughts. He's smarter than me, I guarantee mm-hmm. that. Uh, here is his comment after the game, and see if you can hear a couple of words that we all know you don't speak in Dallas these days. It's not about the opponent we plan. It's, 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 it's about like our standard. It's about like us being the best we could possibly be. Um, because you know our, mind, our mindset is on a championship. To be a championship, you want to be clean. Like, as an offense, our goal should be to score every drive. When you score every drive, how can you lose, you know? And so um, when we fall short of that, um, that's when I kind of get, like, worried a little bit because, you know, when you're on a roll like this, it's just uh, you start thinking about a Super Bowl. You know I mean? That, that's, that's just the reality of it. And um, you start to want it more and more and more and more the closer you get, you know? And you just start to worry about the little things more, like um, if we get stopped this drive, dang, what if that happens, you know, later? And see, that, that's just how I'd be looking at it. Yeah. But um, we just got to we just got to play a little bit cleaner. And I think we could. That's the only reason I'm talking like this because I really think we could. There it is. Amari Cooper says, "Hey, I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm thinking about a Super Bowl. They're five games in. Stop the drama. Five games. That's in. That's what Clarence Hill always says. But I'm going to use that on you. Stop the drama. Yeah. What was wrong with what he said there? N- nothing except he said he's thinking about a Super Bowl. And don't you want your guys thinking about Absolutely. a Super Bowl? Well, I mean, Coach McCarthy made that clear in the preseason. What? It, it, that's always the mission of coaches and players. But when you start." Five, four and one with a four-game winning streak. Uh, you, I don't know if you want, especially in Dallas, if you want your players talking about a Super Bowl. I mean, does anybody else see any bad in no, this? No, absolutely not. Well, First of all, you can buy in. Like, you don't have to be scared of it. Don't be scared of it. Embrace it. He didn't this, say we're going to win it. He said he's thinking about it. And, and Micah Parsons said today that they're climbing a mountain and – the Super Bowl is at the top of Mount Everest. And so he's throwing it out there, too. That's what they're talking about. They should. I mean, embrace it. To me personally, this is the best team they've had since 14 and 16, and it's different than those teams. In 14, you had, a, you had a, yeah, you had Romo and a veteran bunch, but then you also had a defense that was led by, you know, nothing against these guys, but Orlando Skandrick and Jeremy, uh, yeah, Jeremy Mincy and Rolando McClain and, uh, and Barry Church and those guys. That, this defense is better than that defense. 2016? I mean, Dak and, and Zeke were just puppies at that time. Like, these guys have put in the work to where you should have expectations right. like that. Don't be scared of it. Well, and, there's no question. And real quick, and here's why I don't have a problem with Amari saying that. Last year, everyone laughed at him when he said, as a receiver group, we could go off for 3,000 total yards. With four different quarterbacks, they damn near got close. Yeah, but nobody cares but about my that. Point he's is, talking about a Super no, Bowl. No, but my point is, Amari, what I love about Amari is he's always measured in his temperament. 
his responses, his thoughtfulness. To, like, All right. He makes me step my game up. Let, let, let me set something so up real quick, My point is he Rob. wouldn't say that if he truly wasn't seeing something different. That, that's fine. That's fine. All I'm saying is if there's one place in America that has learned this lesson over and over again, it's why they all hate Stephen A. Smith on ESPN because he continues to bring it up. Most of the media in this town have learned. Jerry has learned. Uh, most of the fans will not bring it up. I mean, let's just talk about it real quick. 07 uh, was the last time. For example, right now, this team has scored 170 points. That's the most after five games since 07. That was a 13-3 and team uh, that had a first-round bye. That team started 5-1 and one and then got beat in a playoff game at home. 08, they started 4-1 and one and collapsed miserably. Hole 9, I mean 2000, <laughs> hole 9. Uh, boy, I got my head on the tournament this weekend. 2009, they started 6-2 and two, uh, and got a playoff win. 2014, they started 6-1. and one. They got a playoff win. 2016, they started 10 and one with Dak and Zeke and didn't get a playoff win. It these fast starts are not new around here, but you don't start. Uh, I would I would urge all fans to not fast forward to enjoy each week as it comes. And the last thing, the expectation should not shoot through the moon. Can't you do both? Well, the players can, but it's very unusual for them to say it, which is why, to me, didn't it's unusual. It, but he didn't, here's, what I, here's what I respect about the guys this year, though. We were talking about the mental coach. They are very focused on, it seems like, handling success, handling adversity. If you think about these groups, especially going back to Dak and Zeke, suspensions, the ankle injury, the suicide of his you know, his father, Michael Gallup, losing his, his brother to suicide. This group has been through a lot losing their strength and conditioning coach last year in the locker room like you know going through a new like they've been through it and i i think that they're used to adversity but they're approaching this season in my opinion the right way and and again i keep going well i don't want to get too ahead of ourselves either but i just don't have a problem with the confidence not the cockiness of this group this year it doesn't bother me either because I, he put it – it's the context he put it in. Right. His context was – he even said, if we make the mistakes we made today against better teams, we're going to be in trouble. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to what Jane said about they're, they're chasing improvement, perfection, all that stuff, saying basically we're not there yet. So I don't – the way he said it, I don't have a problem with it. Um at all. And and because look, they are one of the teams right now that you look at and say they have a chance. And I think that's all he's saying. They, 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 that's their expectation. They, the got, late- they got a shot. And I think also you mentioned Jerry. I think Jerry not every year we try to get Jerry to say it he at won't. camp. And he won't say it because he knows it's for about gonna, ten years now. He knows it will explode mm-hmm. if he's and so he he backs away from that. And so when we hear anybody else on the team say it. It, it but it is up, better when you know. it comes from the team and not from Jerry, right? Yeah. Because well, but wait a minute. See, what I would say about the team is Amari Cooper has no idea of the history around here. Uh, Why should he care? I disagree. No, he shouldn't care. He shouldn't care at all. Th- that's did, my but point. But I disagree with that. That he, guy is a Savannah football. Okay, he gets it. He's in these he halls. He sees the Lombardi trophies in the rings. And, and, and has he been reminded that they haven't sniffed an NFC but championship is, game is, for 25 re- years? Well, my point is I think he respects it enough and he's seeing enough that he's saying – 
we are thinking about it because of the way we're playing. Like, this guy played at Alabama. It's not like he was at some school that didn't know what success or a run looked like. True. But, but yeah, there's an expectation right. there. <laughs> he, knows, he knows what a winning culture and a winning group looks like. And all he's saying is, maybe we have the right ingredients this year. But to your point, if you put it in the oven and you underbake it or you miss out an ingredient, you're not going to get what you just saw on Pinterest. He's just saying we have the ingredients here really his point yeah his point was if we turn the ball over twice in the first three drives and come up with three points in the first three drives against green bay he didn't say these teams tampa bay la it's a different story i that's what i took from it but but you're right toss anytime you toss out that term it's just too painful People are going to, you know. All of you out there in Cowboys Nation, you have been through the pain. It's too painful to just, after four uh, four wins, to flippantly, uh, not flippantly, but he did throw. I'm thinking about a Super Bowl. It is painful. It's not painful. It's apathy these days. A lot of fans have apathy as it comes to that. The Campo years was apathetic. The Cowboys will never have apathy. They did in the Campo years. Mm-hmm. And that's why he went and got Bill Parcells to rebuild the roster. Because a lot of people had high expectations for this team with a brand new coach last year, and then it all went to hell in a handbag. All right, game. here's a quote from McCarthy from Monday. And we're going to talk about Coach McCarthy in our next topic uh, because that's becoming very interesting. But his quote was, quote, Comparables, hypotheticals, I know it's newsworthy, but until you get to 10 wins, it's all a waste of time. That's fair. See, that is exactly right. This team has got to get down the road. When, when Now, what the point I made last week was there was 12 teams 3-1. and one. Yep. There's now seven teams 4-1 and one, and 1-5-0. One, it it it's just way too early. It's the old it's Parcells a, thing, right? It's another four game winning streak. They've had oodles of those. Yeah. They've only had two playoff wins in twenty five years. So my whole point is, and and I'm not. It's okay for Amari to do it. I don't think it's okay for fans to soak it up. They've been but through he it. Didn't, Why? He didn't guarantee a Super Bowl. He didn't yeah. say we're going to no, win. but he's talking about, I, uh, I can yeah. see us going, winning a Super Bowl. Why? I mean, it should not be the expectation of every team of course. every year. And Mike consistently. But if they say it in Jacksonville, how's that going over? Well, first of all, this isn't Jacksonville. Second of all, these guys aren't idiots. They know not only their team, but they know the landscape of the rest of the league. And he can sit there and say, and, and, and his exact quote about the 10 wins is that's what he's typically gone through in his time as a coach. That they don't start talking about until they get to ten wins. That's fine. Tell your team that. Tell your coaches that. On the outside, yeah, we're not idiots. They play in the NFC East. It's a trash bag. They're going to the playoffs. <laughs> the way that the league is set up, if you win your division, you go to the playoffs. They're winning this division. There's no competition in. They don't even need to get ten. Agree, hundred percent. One, two. Especially when you start looking now, at this. Two, are check they the going to win a playoff game? I believe, They've been through this drill. Right, but I believe now more than ever, the landscape is set up for them to do just that. And they're that. a little bit more battle-tested. If you look at the rest of the All league... All I'm saying is why worry about it now? Worry about it in two months. Why, why have your think premier the wide end receiver now, stop it. come out and but have you're every- Seven habits of highly effective people <laughs> think with the end in mind. You're using the word worry. Why, are, why does it have to be a worry? Why does it have to be a negative? 
It can be a positive. I think that all Cowboys (laughs) fans across the world heard that and shuddered just a little. And they should. A little chill went. And they should. Why should? My dad's one of them. He didn't say one thing to me, Steve. Okay, okay. (laughs) Tell me me this. What is there to be scared of right now? What is there? What is there? The the Packers, like I know everyone here gets scared about them because of Aaron Rodgers. Like their defense is terrible. Let me try. I, I hear you, John, but let me try to explain it this way. Um, we all have college allegiances. Uh, you're going through a tough time right now. You, Am I, though? You I'm talk not. about being apathetic. You've it. given apathetic. up on them. Uh, <laughs> but, but the point is you, you hate it when the rest of the country knows the truth about you. You hate it when, oh, man, we're good. We're good. And then you don't do anything with that over and over and over again. I'm sorry, but the Cowboys are that team in the NFL. They're right there with Detroit. And who else? Last time they've been to uh, Arizona? Washington. No, Arizona's Washington. been to Washington. Yeah. So my whole point is it's fine. It's We love talking about it. I, you know I just diff- think it's you know a bit different? of a bugaboo in Dallas for the media and fans uh, five, five games into the season to fast forward to the Super Bowl. Because you know what stands out to me? They're finally doing things a little different. You know, the definition of insanity is banging your head in the wall, doing the same thing over and over and expecting the same results. I finally feel well they finally made a change at quarterback I mean at uh, head coach when they went out and got Mike McCarthy with skins on the wall they went and got you a defensive coordinator who'd been to a Super Bowl they went and started getting best players available as opposed to players that fit their scheme mm-hmm. they decided to make a move mid-season with a guy that was kind of a a friend of a lot of players in that locker room and moved on from him they would never have done that in the past when they moved on from Tony Romo, I never thought that happened. Or Des Bryant, for that matter. Didn't even go to him and say, take a pay cut. So they're making decisions that I didn't see them make in years before. I guess that they did that with T.O., though. Yeah, but it says to me that— They cut to Marcus Ware. Well, and even—but but listen, even when they say that they've got guys self-scouting now, like all these guys like Randy Gregory say, why self-scout? But to have that as a homework assignment for even Zeke, like what are some of the things that you're doing that in years past were like, well, that offense is so predictable— they're trying to figure out ways to be less predictable. So to me, they're doing things differently. So I don't think we should hold them to the same standards of teams and expectations we've had in the past because we're actually seeing some change here. See, I actually love Amari saying it. I'm just, I'm just you're giving just the that point of view. I'm just what? giving the point of view. I think so. You're all in favor, in favor, in favor. I did. I'm yeah. just giving the other point of view where some people are going, "Oh, really?" Well, how do you think so? Stephen A. has another chance to go on TV. Why when would we you don't even care? Oh, about they that. do care. <laughs> I mean, let's they do but care. But he didn't promise anything. It hurts. WWE wrestling. It's all scripted. It doesn't matter. Set. He set. He said. He set expectations, but he didn't make promises. There's a difference. And 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 also, I think I'd have an issue with it, Steve, if covering this team, and there's certainly been plenty of teams that the Cowboys have had that we've known where guys might not say Super Bowl, but they'll talk about maybe winning or what they are, and you just are kind of like, oh, guys, come on. We know that this isn't the team. This we is know the what you They are. know they're yeah. good. They know they're good. Are you saying the fans like it or don't like it? I, I think I think there was a little shudder. I, I think, think fans, I think they went. I don't oh, think it even wait registered. a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> I, I don't either. I don't like. You're on Twitter more than anybody. Like I haven't seen a big buzz about it. No. You know. I don't think there's no. a buzz about. I, I, it. I do think there are fans that are 
Did you come off the the golf course with this topic? How much did you have to drink today? No, I did not play today. Did you notice it was a bad day? I don't play on Wednesdays. I think fans are afraid of a jinx. I really, I, I think at this point they are. That's yeah, fair, especially after last year. I but think he didn't. I, 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 I think, no, but, no, but no, he didn't. But if there is a reaction to it, maybe it's that. But I don't. Again, I don't see any problem with it, honestly. Because of the context, though. Well, I, I'll just give you a couple of examples. Have you heard? <laughs> he has not done. Have this. you heard anybody with Tampa Bay talking about the Super Bowl right now? They just won one. We don't. Have you heard anybody from their place talking about a Super Bowl? Have you heard anybody in Arizona who's five and zero? Has Kyler Murray or any player there? Brought up Super Bowl. The change, your, change your uniforms and put them in Cowboys it, uniforms, it, and you'd hear a lot more of that exactly. stuff. I don't know anything that. What well, is anybody saying Tom in Arizona? Brady went to Tampa so you think Bay they're saying it? And, and maybe who knows? You don't think they're that Tom Brady, when he called up Antonio Brown and Gronk, was like, "We're going to win a Super Bowl together." You think he was just like, "Let's just go play. Let's go have fun in Tampa Bay." Oh, I think I think that's Brady's mentality. Hey, let's just go a week at a time, and we'll no, worry no about way. that. He stuff says later. we're no going to win a Super Bowl. I, no, I'm not sure. Hundred percent. He would not. Way. He would not step out one game out there anymore at his age if he wasn't trying to still win Super Bowls. He's that's all he cares about. I understand what he's trying to do. I don't think when Brady got to Tampa, he mentioned the Super Bowl I before disagree. the season. I think he publicly, had maybe not behind the scenes. Hundred percent. Now I did. I told Kalishaw he was going to win the well, damn Super look, Bowl. Look, if, if anybody <laughs> can talk about it, it's him. You, to That's have right. the clout to do it, it's him. But I, but John's right. Like you don't you won't hear about it if if. But we didn't hear about this nationally either because of the way he said it. If he came out and said this team's going to the Super Bowl. It would have been splashed on Sports Center. True. So that's again. That's he just literally talked about they've got the makings of a team that could to be ter- and to be determined. And I agree with it's that. It's way yep. too early for that. Way it too is early. way too early. And that's what Coach McCarthy, who we're going to talk about next. I love the exchange with Archer on Monday, by the way, where Archer asked him if he looks ahead to pitfalls or is he like woo riding high right now? And he and he answered it really awkward. You guys all heard it. And <laughs> and he said, I was waiting for the joke. What do you? Yeah. That's my job. I look for the pitfalls. I'm already looking to the bye week. Uh, he, he's not thinking Super Bowl, although yeah, he is. that was his message <laughs> to the team to start the season. He didn't I take get this it. job to try to kind of, we're going to coach him up, and I hope the kids he, play hard. He wouldn't he came have come to back after last year and all the headaches with this job. It's, I mean, Bill Parcells didn't last very long in Dallas. It's what they all want. Da- Dak wants it. Dak talks about championships. So did Mike I, McCarthy I, on I, Hard Knocks. I it was think, the very first episode. Think, he made it very clear. Year, and last year, too. The we only point I'm making is when you win four games in a row and you got a little something going, you don't jump from that to, woo, we're going to be awesome in February. Well, I think you just kind of keep letting it happen and go week to week. And and as McCarthy says, you get to 10, you get late in the season, then you start going, oh, man, who's going to beat him? One, one That's of the reasons fair, why they're but saying wasn't it. Wasn't it easy for us to identify Dak as being very special early on when people are like, well, let's not get too high on Dak? Dak has proved a lot of people. Well, wrong. he went through some highs and lows. Let's yeah. not forget that. I mean, from his rookie year to uh, whenever you want. I mean, he he wasn't his rookie year. He was managed very well by the coaching staff and sure. performed okay, very. But to well. come back from that injury last year and to be playing the way that he no, does, my point is, awesome. it, my point is, is these guys really believe in. And I think some of it goes to the mental coach, but some of these guys are just this way, and I appreciate it because I'm the same. You have to manifest success. What comes out of your mouth comes into your life. And I believe that those guys really subscribe to that. So Mm -hmm. what's wrong with believing that? 
I hear you. Back to the golf course never works for Too me. Too bad he didn't whisper to, it in the locker room. This, Too bad he said it on a, on a hot mic, Steve, because <laughs> well, you're crucifying him. The other reason it. why he'll say something like that. Him. I just know there is a mentality out there. Ooh, too soon. Too soon. But but there's not. Too soon. But you, you've been, you've covered Cowboys teams that you referenced in the past 20 years that I'm reading between the lines. There's some cockiness there at times when they would they get would always to, get carried away. Absolutely, you know, always get carried away with with winning streaks. I, I'm with Jane. Starts I'm and with, I'm with Jane though. I don't I don't sense cockiness with this team. This okay. team knows it's good, and they also know they but, haven't played their best ball yet. And they can't yeah, they wait to prove they it every week. To, they know they have a lot of work to do. <laughs> and you're yeah. right; they're not afraid of anything, yeah. which is which is big. All right, uh, moving on here. We're going to take our final break here from the SWBC studio on Media Mash. With Rob Phillips, Slater Jane, Mashoda. A few weeks ago on this here program, Slater Jane wondered, wondered with two great coordinators here, what I wonder what McCarthy actually does. Did I quote you properly? I just said I didn't know. And this week, a lot of us started asking those questions uh-huh. and we got answers. That's so we'll right. share. We're going to do that next here on Media Match. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with United Ag and Turf. Before you can park yourself in front of the game, park yourself in a John Deere and power through your chores. Our Land Run Package is a 1025R, 25-horsepower tractor with a loader, rotary cutter, and a box blade for $229 a month. And the price you see is the price you'll pay. No surprises. So don't miss another kickoff. Visit unitedagandturf.com. Offer ends February 1st, 2021. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Now let's get to work. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Back Back, back, to Media Mash. The name of the show is Media Mash. Every Wednesday at 4 o'clock, every Thursday at 4 o'clock. Beat writers are the stars of this show. Those that cover every move the Cowboys make. I used to be one of those. Uh, a few moons ago. Rob Phillips with Cowboys Media. Slater Jane. Jane Slater from the NFL Network. John Mashota from The Athletic. They all do their thing day in and day out. I got to tell you, people always ask me, do I miss, no matter how, no matter how slow it got at times, when you're always there, 
and you're waiting and waiting and then going here and then yes i miss it it's one of the greatest things to cover in the world uh and it can be a headache and it can be slow and then all of a sudden it's fast and you can't miss a thing i miss it every day i don't know how people do it with families but Mm -hmm. not having a family and having a life that is just dedicated to just doing this i can tell you right now when they're winning and there's that energy social media just when you see people and and just people are talking about it all the time makes a difference i wouldn't trade it for anything i say i love it i know it's funny i actually got an opportunity to go cover florida this off season before I came back to Dallas this year just to switch it up. The Florida for, for, Gators? No, no, for the NFL she's talking about. Yeah, oh. for the NFL. Yeah. Uh, oh. I was offered, the Florida teams. I was offered <laughs> Moving to Florida. Miami, Tampa, Jacksonville. That had to be tough for you to turn down. All that You know, I love Miami. I tried to yeah. get to Miami for years. <laughs> but I'm from here. I grew up, obviously, in the era when the Dallas Cowboys were winning all the Super Bowls. I went to the parades. I watched Sunday's Fox with my dad. It's how I got into this business. And I'm with John. I mean, I was a former news reporter, as you know, and I get as much news around here as I ever got covering the local beat. And because I get to cover other teams, I tell everybody it's just different. Mm-hmm. And the only show that really kind of drove that home for me wasn't Hard Knocks. But if you watch All or Nothing, that to me gave you a bigger sense mm. of this team. I always tell people, go watch that because that really got you. But you almost for me, at least, growing up here and having so many friends and family that are Cowboys fans, it feels like a responsibility, mm-hmm. not just a job, to always be on it. And I so, feel like I owe them. Well, this news. one here left it and came back. Yeah, I got bored with a real job. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't like the nine to five stuff. And now I do have a family, and it is you know it's a hard it's a hard thing to cover. But like, and our job, I mean, I'm in house, but our job is to be objective, and you guys are too. And but it is it's more fun to cover a good team. For sure. And, and last, last year was la- not. last year was ter- I mean the restrictions and just the way life was on top of a team that was bad, you know, and be- largely cuz of a lot of injuries. This is just more fun. Well, I mean, and I, to be honest. I, I want to make this comment to all the fans out there and and some of you I don't know, I, most of you love Jerry Jones, I assume, but some of you I I've heard some that aren't quite so loving toward him. Uh, the, the thing about the Dallas Cowboys, and Jerry makes sure of it, everything matters. Mm-hmm. It just matters. And when Jerry is no longer, you know, I hope it's 30 more years, I mean, you have no idea how much you're going to miss that man as the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. It, it is the big room, as Bill Parcell said, when he came here, and there's nothing else like it. Uh, I, you know, I had to cover the Rangers and the Mavericks and the Stars and everything else in my job. But when the Cowboys season ended, I was so empty for a month. <laughs> I told Jane, I've told Jane before we've had this conversation <laughs> that if I went and took a job on another beat with the Athletic, let's say I was like I'd really want to live in California, whatever. And I left, and the Cowboys won a Super Bowl. I'd have the worst FOMO ever. Oh, like, oh yeah. my I God, still I'm out on, yeah. this. on my on my tombstone, Jane Slater's biggest regret in life will be not being able to go to Jerry Jones Hall of Fame party. <laughs> I was so mad at my network for not allowing me that assignment. But I, it's the energy. It's Jerry's energy. To your point, and I was thinking about that when he got really choked up at Cowboys training camp. And I don't want to get choked up because people are like, oh, she's so emotional and unobjective. I got choked up watching it but at my, home. But, I really did. But it's it's not fake. And that's why I try to explain it. My grandmother was a big Cowboys fan and one of Jerry's biggest critics. I mean, if the weather was bad, it was Jerry's fault. 
And what I tell people is this guy really could be doing anything at this point in his life, and he chooses Mm -hmm. to be here. And what always stands out to me about Jerry is unprompted, he will come up to you and connect in a way that a lot of people don't connect. And I'm always fascinated, not like I expect him to be losing his facilities at a certain age or his faculties, but he's just so with it and he cares so much about this. And he can go down and give you very detailed reports about the personnel that I'm telling you covering other teams, other owners can't. Don't have a clue. All right, let's make the segue to the greatness of Mike McCarthy. How'd that segue go? Um, we, we've we wondered. Uh, McCarthy's new on the scene. Uh, last year was so funky and so bad, and COVID had a heavy hand in it. Uh, he's trying to get his footing as head coach of the Cowboys in this 4-1 and one start, in the four-game winning streak, and how good this team looks. It's going to be hard for him because the offensive coordinator is awesome. Everybody's talking about him. No matter where you go, oh, that kid is the best play caller, blah, blah, blah. Dan Quinn takes that mess from last year, flips, what, 40, I think 43 new players? No, I think that's since Garrett left. 43, they've switched out the roster, especially defensively. And Dan Quinn is working magic with it. So where does that leave McCarthy? And... We were going to discuss it last week. Two weeks ago is when you were on, Jane. And, and you quite honestly just said, you know, with these coordinators, I'm, sometimes I wonder what McCarthy does. And it was a great question. Because he's a walk-around head coach who's won a Super Bowl. He doesn't call the plays anymore. He's the one that wanted Kellen to continue that, which we learned for sure this week, didn't we? Somewhere where that came out that he's he's the one that told Jerry, no, let's Let's let Kellen keep that relationship with Dak and when he call took, the place. When he took the job, he oh, told Oh, did he us say that? that? Yeah, okay. Gary's been saying it all along. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I missed that. Uh, I, I thought Maybe it's because you don't believe it. I thought it was kind of mysterious. I think there's a lot Maybe. of people, even with that being said, still don't believe <laughs> Maybe. it. Maybe no. I just didn't even hear it there you go. when well. he said it. But, um, but I, I'm going to throw this out real quick, and then we're going to discuss. I think there's two fronts where uh, what does McCarthy do? Um, and and why and and I hear it everywhere I go. People don't want to give him credit. They they say things like, "Boy, the only thing that's going to hold this team back is the head coach because of a couple of decisions in the first five games." Uh, you guys have probably heard all that too. Um, I I think that and you said that some questions have been asked here lately. Um, real quick, and then I want to hear from you guys. I love Dan Quinn's quote uh, on Monday. When he said, one of McCarthy's superpowers. Did we know McCarthy had superpowers? Dan Quinn said, quote, one of McCarthy's superpowers, he doesn't ride the wave. He keeps it consistent, and it's always about winning football. He called him a rock-solid, straightforward leader. Jerry, on the radio this week, talked about his details. See, this is a credit to McCarthy, in my opinion. He doesn't blow his own horn. He's won a Super Bowl. I don't think he's bothered by all the attention Kellen and Quinn are getting because they're his coordinators. Um, And the other thing are the turnovers. And it's in the paper today, which is amazing. Only Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll have been better since the last 52 seasons in turnover margin. His 15 years, he's plus 107. And we're wondering where all these turnovers are coming from. 
you wrote about it in your three and out yesterday, today. Yeah, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Some of that is because you, you know, he and I wrote about it. He has he had an elite quarterback, two elite quarterbacks that didn't turn it over much, but they forced a lot of turnovers in Green Bay. It's a mentality, and 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 he's had two defensive coordinators here in the last two years, and they're still able to get it. weren't forced They weren't forcing takeaways until he got here. I mean, over and over again, we kept talking about it. It's a play style that he's he's and real quick, says real play quick, style all the time. What yeah. you what you wrote was nine straight games with a turnover, which is the longest streak in the NFL. They're averaging two point seven a game since then. Um, and that goes back to last year when he was the head coach, and Quinn wasn't even here. But I, I think I, I think the details are more interesting to me than the turnovers. But there's two things that he's doing, Jane. Two things. What do you say? I've got to tell you the two things that he's doing. No, no, those are two things. No, as, oh. as he now won you over. on the table, has Steve so, won you over? <laughs> so what I would has say, has McCarthy won you? What over. I would say, and I I've cushioned this even in my. Uh, conversations with the players last year there was a feeling in the locker room that he what that he wasn't around or as available as much and one could argue there was a lot of stuff on his plate he had just moved here from green bay barely got to meet his players because of covid it was my understanding you know there were some issues with like internet at his house as he was trying to get this done and you're trying to zoom with these players and connect and it's hard to i think form those bonds with guys and then you see him riding so hard for two defensive coaches that were so bad and then you brought in some free agents that didn't gel with the locker room in other words did you really know your personnel well enough to bring in certain people into the group so I asked the players what are we missing this year like what do we not know about him because I mean to be fair other than seeing him at combine and a couple of exchanges I don't know Mike McCarthy that well so I just don't know what he does but I think when the players bring out the fact that how engaged he is, how he believes in them, I don't feel like he ever throws his players under the bus. He does seem like he's really defensive of some of those guys. I can only go off of what we're seeing. And he's obviously done enough in year two that you've got a locker room that's buying in so much. Now, you could argue, are they doing that in spite of him because Dak is back and maybe you have a, a you're having more success. I don't know. All right, Michelle, you got a minute. Go. I, I, I agree with a lot of what Jane said there. I also think that he does deserve credit for keeping it even keel, like Dan Quinn said. And that's great right now because things are going well. The issues you run into is, does he also, is that also why it was such an issue last year? Is that why they, because he needed to step in and do some, do a little bit more and didn't. So while he gets critiqued for that, when it's going well, he deserves credit for when it's going well because he is the guy at the end of the day that is leading mm-hmm. this team. And there's something to be said for somebody that isn't kind of like, I need the credit. I need to be the one that everyone – he seems to be cool with, hey, if you want to credit Dan Quinn, you want to credit Kellen, Dak, that's fine. Roll with it. I've been through this before. I know how to guide this ship. Believe me. You, you don't have to believe in me. I don't need to sell, sell it to you. I'm just going to do it with my actions. And that may be what's different about this team and what Amari's talking about. Wade Phillips didn't have it. Didn't have it as a leader. Uh, Jason Garrett, make whatever opinion you want. McCarthy's proven that he's had it, and and that makes a huge difference. we got to go. I love these two messages. Uh, His message this week to the team, we're not short of production, but our efficiency needs to be better. I love that. He's got his nose to the grindstone. The other one, I love where we are, but I'm more excited about where we can go. Proper attitude. I think McCarthy deserves some credit. 
All right. I'm giving it to him. Thanks for letting me talk Cowboys with you guys. Uh, the pinky, the headphones, I'll be better tomorrow. You'll be okay. Okay? I'll yeah. be better tomorrow. I apologize for that. Toughen up, Buttercup. Slater Jane is back with us tomorrow. And chill, chill, Clarence oh E. Hill God. Jr. Thank joins us. Thanks, rookie. Chris Beam for being him. We're going to talk to you at 4 o'clock tomorrow. Goodbye. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!